Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I have a special guest with me here on the State of the Saints podcast uh, from the Advocate uh, down in New Orleans. I have Saints reporter and New Orleans Pelicans reporter, Rod Walker. What's going on, Rod? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you today. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time. I know you've been busy, man, you know, covering training camp for the New Orleans Saints, you know, uh, you know, getting those uh, questions and those storylines out there that we all love to read about. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and start and talk a little bit about training camp. Uh, the Saints uh, had training camp earlier today. Uh, they decided to practice outside. Uh, Sean Payton, uh, even though we know there's some uh, a storm, uh, uh, Hurricane Laura out there right now, uh, he still decides to go out there and practice. Uh, what do you think uh, Sean Payton was uh, – what was on his mind as far as, like, uh, him deciding to practice outside instead of indoors today? You know, just talking to him, he said that, you know, the plan today was to to go outside regardless anyway. And, you know, and that win, I mean, it sort of helps you prepare for some games, some road games, you know, you're going to have this season. This team goes to – they go to Chicago this season. Um, right. They go to Denver. They go to Philadelphia. That's that's three outdoor road games this team will have. So right. I think anytime you get a chance to practice under those conditions, I mean, it it can only help because you can't just – you can't just make wind on your own. So, I, I mean – right. He just, he's taking advantage of that situation, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know by now that Sean Payton is one of those uh, situational coaches. I mean, he dots every I and cross every T. Um, he, he's always looking and trying to find ways and different scenarios and, and being prepared for it as a team. Uh, one thing that stood out today at practice uh, was the fact that Drew Brees did not practice, and that gave Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston an opportunity to uh, actually uh, play with the first team. Uh, uh, According to Sean Payton, uh, the offense didn't really look that good today. So, so uh, what has been the development uh, so far, and what has been the story uh, behind Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill in training camp so far? Well, first of all, you talked about the the offense struggling today. I mean, I think just for the past, you know, since camp has started, I mean, it looks like the defense has really sort of had the upper hand, and um, that's just a tribute to those guys. I mean, I mean, we all remember a time when when you talked about the Saints. Uh, defense you didn't really want to talk about it you know it was mm-hmm. like you know can drew Brees score 40 and the defense just hold on so right. i think that's promising to see the defense playing so well they had they had four interceptions today uh keith right. Washington, who's a you know he's an undrafted guy out of west virginia who he had two picks today mm-hmm. uh pj had a pick p rob had a pick so i think that i think it says a lot about the uh defense and again drew wasn't there so i mean that obviously makes a difference and um you know you look at Jameis; he's a guy that he didn't get to come through OTAs and do some of that stuff. I mean, he's still learning and he's still, you know, just trying to get familiar with his offense. And then when you look at Taysom, I mean, he's been in this offense. Um, he took right. some days off, you know, I guess one day off, I guess last week when he had his had a kid. So I mean, this is, you know, they're they're still having some growing pains. And I think some of this is just attributed to this to the fact that there were no OTAs and this team is sort of behind where you'd normally be at this stage of training camp. Yeah. Well, Rod, let me ask you this. Um, we in the Who That Nation, you know, I mean, you, you know, I mean, when, when things seem to be going bad or you hear about these storylines, people start to get worried. So my question is to you is, uh, should we be concerned about the offense being that uh, the majority of training camp so far, the defense has been getting up a hand on you? I don't think so. I, again, I think that's the fact that you're going against one of the better defenses in the league when you go up against the Saints defense. I mean, they've 
they have a lot of pieces on this defense, especially with, I mean, you look at Sheldon Rankins coming back and mm-hmm. we've had a lot of good reviews on how healthy he is now. And then, you, you know, you add Malcolm Jenkins to it. And obviously we've talked a lot about the two corners and Marshawn and, um, and Jack rabbit. Um, so, I mean, this defense is really solid. So I don't think you should be worried. And I actually think this offense is going to be better this year. Right. Uh, once they play against another team. I mean, I think Alvin coming back healthy is going to really help his offense. And obviously we've talked about Emmanuel Sanders all offseason with right. what his addition means to this team. So I don't think we should I don't I don't think there should be any concerns about this offense at all. If there if there is a concern, it would probably be on the offensive line just with, you know, we bring in a rookie. But uh, traditionally the Saints, those guys have, you know, come in right away. I mean you look at how well Eric McCoy played last year. Right. I think this team would be fine on the offensive line as well. So right. um, I wouldn't be concerned right now at all. Yeah. I, I I remember when we didn't have these type of problems, you know. So I mean, yeah. I remember at a time when a defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, you know. I mean, the, I think the fact that they have been getting the upper hand, I think that it, it shows like the steps that the defense is trying to take. I think they're trying to change the narrative, right? I mean, for years, I mean, they have been a, a close but no cigars type defense. You know, they they played pretty good for about uh, about forty eight minutes. You know, what I'm saying the last two minutes. I mean, they uh, you know, I mean, well, excuse me, uh, fifty eight minutes, and then. The last right. two minutes, you know what I'm saying, they just fold like a cheap tent. And I feel like uh, with Malcolm Jenkins, like you mentioned, Jack Rabbit, I think those guys have uh, put this secondary uh, in a position where they can be one of the top uh, secondaries in the league. And if you combine that with Demario Davis, who's an all-pro, Cam Jordan, we know what he can do. And hopefully, you know, a healthy Sheldon Rankins and a, uh, and a very uh, trending uh, Marcus Davenport, I think you got a recipe for a top-10 defense. Uh, you mentioned the offensive line. Uh, you know, you got two young guys. You have Eric McCoy. You have Cesar Ruiz. Uh, these guys have been rotating between center and guard. I think uh, Cesar Ruiz has been taking uh, some snaps at center for the last couple of uh, practices. Uh, what have you seen or what have you heard uh, out of uh, Cesar Ruiz and Eric McCoy? And how do you think the Saints are going to handle uh, those positions going into week one against Tampa? Um, I mean, I would say it's too early to say, but I mean, I, Talking to both of those guys, they both seem really, really comfortable with whatever position they play. And, you know, if I had to make a guess right now, I'd probably say Eric McCoy just – I would say Eric McCoy would start at center just because he played it last year. And, again, Ruiz is a little bit behind just because of, you know, how crazy this offseason has been with this COVID-19. And right. But I just think – so I think because of that, I think his chemistry with Drew is probably a little bit better. And, you know, they just – they haven't had a lot of time to work. And um, – so just based on that, I mean, I would probably think you know he'd get to start there, um, and obviously you got you got the issue on the um, on the other side with Andrews Pete, you know, being out, and um, so Nick Easton's kind of filling in for him. And but this is an offensive line that they've done a pretty good job of plugging in these holes in the past couple of years. I mean, every year as you know, somebody goes down. I mean, Ron has yet to play sixteen games. Um, Pete hadn't played sixteen games in his career, so right. they've had injuries. They've dealt with them. They've been able to overcome them. So. You know, I would. I don't think that's a big concern. But again, I mean, there's not as much practice time, and these guys aren't getting any game reps with the, without the four preseason games. So I think yeah. that will be, um, you know, that could factor into, you know, how well those guys up front play. They may not gel as quickly as they, you know, did a season ago. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I look at uh, Eric McCoy, and um, you know, everyone that comes on the State of Saints podcast that w- was out there last year at tra- uh, Saints training camp, they talked about how Eric McCoy uh, on a few occasions uh, when the ball needed to be snapped, he was actually standing still and the offensive line was moving up the field. 
And I say that because I feel like, you know, the center position is a tough position to play, especially if you're a young rookie coming into the league. I mean, you got to think about the different type of defensive, you know, packages that they have. You got to be able to call out like certain, uh, you know, players and and where they're going to be and where they're coming from. So I, I look at Cesar Ruiz. I think that he has a promising future. I mean, we all know what he did at Michigan. I mean, he had over what he had, like 800 snaps. And I think he only had like uh gave up like 18 hurries or something like that something real crazy you know so we know that he can be a solid center and um, we, we think that the saints found that that next guy that could replace max Unger. uh yeah. so i mean i i look at him and i think that you know um put him in an offense uh on the offensive line and let him develop and i think he's going to be everything you want him to be uh let's move I, on to oh, I'm sorry, right right yeah, I was just gonna say I, I did a story on this last year after the Saints drafted Eric McCoy, and it was about the center position. And it's just amazing when you look back. And I went back to like 1994, I believe it was. But when you look at the teams who drafted centers in the first and second rounds, and just the success rate of those guys. I mean, going back to the to the pounces. I mean, it's just centers have really done well in the draft. I mean, right. teams seem to when they draft those guys, they just seem to know what they're getting. And um, right. I think this is just gonna be another case. Of that. I think. I mean, regardless of who plays center, I think the Saints are going to be in good hands just just because of the tradition of how well teams have drafted that position. Yeah, I mean, I look at like Travis Frederick, you know, for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I was actually staying in Dallas during the time they were they drafted him, and I remember being at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I remember him getting drafted out of Wisconsin, and I'm talking about all the Cowboy fans just lost their mind. But uh, Travis Frederick ends up being one of the best centers in the league, you know. Before you know, he, he decided to retire. I mean, he had some uh, had an illness that had to you know, cause him to retire early. But uh, he was an All Pro and he was a really good uh, offensive lineman. So, like, I, I have to agree with what you're saying. Like, when a, a, a team goes out there and they they bet the house on on these these guys to become centers, I mean, they they do pretty solid jobs. You don't really uh, hear guys uh, getting drafted high and, and being bust at that position. So. I mean, I think that, that speaks volumes to the, to the coaching staff and the scouting team of these teams. Uh, but I want to talk to you now about the running game. Uh, this has been a hot topic over the past few years. Uh, you know, the Who That Nation always uh, calling for Sean Payton to run the ball a little bit more. You know, uh, we know that Drew Brees, uh, you know, he's getting older. Uh, the Saints are going to have to uh, kind of, you know, move forward. Uh, but I look at um, I look at the running game, and do you think that, this is going to be the year that the Saints really put an emphasis on the running game, like we seen back in 2009 when they were top five in a running attack. Um, I don't know how much they're going to change, man. I think what they've done is has worked for the most part. I mean, just haven't got the team just hadn't got over the hump. But um, I think if you, I'm assuming Ty Montgomery makes this this roster. I mean, you know, the versatility he brings to the backfield. I mean, I think I think the running backs will get we'll see more touches from the running backs. I don't know if there'll be actual carries or, you know, Drew Brees throwing screen passes to him, but right. I think this team is going to implement those, those running backs. And um, I don't know if it'll be, again, I don't think this team will have more rushes than last year. I do think Kamara probably will get more carries just because he's not battling those injuries that he battled last year that, um, I mean, I think we saw him, but we didn't know how bad it was until we talked to him. And, you know, right. he, he basically said, you know, that was it. So I think, He'll probably get more carries this year for sure. But I think just with man, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and right. they got Ty Montgomery who can catch the ball so well out of backfield. So I just mm -hmm. think um I think this offense is gonna be <laughs> wide open again. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you uh, mentioned Ty Montgomery, and um, I had Amy just on the show on yesterday, um, and she talked a little bit about Taysom Hill and how Taysom Hill, um, he, he has not, uh, as long as they've been having practice and open to the public this year, he hasn't done this Swiss Army knife type thing, you know, where he was uh, lining up at tight end, lining up at wide receiver, lining up in the backfield. Uh, he was he's been more in the passing game, uh, more so than he has been in years past. Uh, do you see Taysom Hill uh, possibly, uh, you know, playing more of the quarterback role, removing himself from that Swiss Army knife role and Ty Montgomery taking his place, filling that role because he can do so many different things? I can definitely see that happening. And, um, you know, if, if, if this was a regular offseason and Jameis had come in and gone through the entire offseason like people normally do, mm-hmm. you know, and if Drew Brees got hurt in week two, you know, I probably would say Jameis would be the week two guy. But I don't know if he knows the offense well enough right now. So I think because of that, I think you have to put – I mean, I think Taysom's probably – you know, the guy right now. And um, right. So you got to give him as many reps as you can. And you can't really – you can't afford to do all that. And you can't take the risk of him getting injured on, you know, trying to block a punt or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> and they drafted Tommy Stevens to, you know, maybe perhaps be that next Taysom Hill. And mm-hmm. they brought in Ty Montgomery. So they have some other guys who can probably be those dual-threat type guys. So, uh, right. yeah, I, th- I think Taysom will have to just spend more time quarterbacking now just because of – the situation of the offseason, you know, just in Jameis kind of getting a late start. Right. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Amy said, you know, when the media has been out there, he's been mostly playing quarterback. He said he hasn't done anything that we, we're used to him doing. And I, I, I do think that has a lot to do with Ty Montgomery. I think that I, I've been watching Ty Montgomery, you know, since he was in Green Bay. And we know that he, he, he uh, was a running back, <laughs> even though he wore 88. And he did a good job out there. And um, this is a guy who, uh, for the last couple of years, I mean, going to the Ravens and going to the Jets, I feel like, you know, people kind of forgot about him. And it seems like since he's uh, been signed by New Orleans Saints, it, it's like a rebirth of him. I think that he can do uh, some of the things that Taysom Hill does. And I think he, he he's one of those guys that's really smart. Uh, it seems like every time you all are, are writing about, you know, different Saints players, his name comes up. I think the last two uh, days, I think Alvin Kamara was out, you know, with the stomach bug. So they actually gave him more opportunities to, uh, you know, showcase himself. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Ty Montgomery can do. I, I, I think the Saints are really going to try to find a way to keep him, you know, and and be one, be probably be that Swiss Army knife that this, uh, that Taysom Hill once was. Uh, yeah, you, you think about your guy like, I mean, go back to Darren Sproles. I mean, I guess the comparison everybody makes, I mean, mm-hmm. You know, Sean Payton likes those kind of guys. So uh, right. you know, I think there's a, I definitely think there's a spot for him on this roster. And, you know, again, you look at that running back room with, with him, Latavius Murray, and, you know, Dwayne Washington's a guy who's really done well on special teams. I mean, I yeah. think, I think all four of those backs have a, I mean, I think all four of those backs will be on this roster uh, come September 5th when it's time to cut it down to 53. Right. Yeah. And let's talk, let's talk about Latavius Murray because he seems like the guy that's always get lost in the shuffle. You know, right? I normally say on the State of the Saints podcast, I look at uh, Latavius Murray. I say he's always the bridesmaid and never the bride. I mean, everywhere he went, I mean, he left a mark. When he was out in Oakland, uh, he ran for over a thousand yards, had a really good season. Got signed by the Vikings. The Vikings wasn't fully sold on. They decided to go get Dalvin Cook out of Florida State. Uh, what is it about Latavius Murray? You know, I, I feel like you know he he is not being utilized as much as. You, you would say some of these other running backs that have been on the Saints team, is there something that 
maybe Sean Payton thinks that Latavius Murray is missing that causes him kind of to get lost in the third and fourth quarters of games? I don't think he's missing anything. I just think this – man, I think with this offense, I just think sometimes – I don't want to say Sean forgets about him in the, heat of, in the game, but I just think they're just – you know, they're hitting Michael Thomas so many times. You got Camaro back there. You got Jared Cook. I just think there's just so many weapons, and I think sometimes these numbers – I don't think this offense is built for – you know, if he was in – if Latavius was in Tennessee playing with the Titans, I mean, he may get those kind of – you know, get those kind of carries, but I just right. don't know. This offense is, is not really a high volume um, carry offense. And uh, right. fortunately for the Saints, I think Latavius, and this is just based on my time talking to him, I mean, he seems like a really team first type of guy. And I don't right. know if he, he doesn't seem like a, a big ego guy who, you know, mm-hmm. the ball type guy. So right. it's not creating a problem, which I think is good for this team. Cause I mean, right. he's a guy that, you know, I mean, he could go somewhere and really get some carries and, right. And, and show some of the things that that, that we've seen in, in the past from from him. Right. I, I know uh, a lot of people chime in here um, on the on, on the State of the Saints podcast. They say, you know, Latavius Murray. They feel like you know he was a waste of time, and and I mean, they try to compare him to Mark Ingram and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I guess they they just feel like he's he's missing something. I I don't know. Like I always give him a fair shake because I just feel like late in games the, the Saints don't really use him, and it's hard for Anybody to say if Latavius Murray don't have it or not? Well, and I I do feel this way. I feel like the fact that he wasn't really uh, he wasn't really uh, one of those guys that that caught the ball out of backfield throughout his career. I think that kind of hurts him in that regard. You know, the fact that you know he doesn't catch the ball out of backfield. He's more of a downhill runner. And and you you talked about how uh, Sean Payton liked those guys that can catch out of backfield as well as run between the tackles. I think that may be one of the reasons why uh, he probably doesn't get utilized late in games, especially when those uh, shootouts take place. Uh, he kind of falls to the back of the line. Um, uh, let's talk about Traquan Smith. Uh, Traquan Smith talked to the media uh, for the first time, I think, during training camp. And he talked about some of the things that he he was dealing with. You know, week two, he went down. He missed a couple weeks uh, due to an ankle injury. And um, I think a lot of people are waiting for Traquan Smith uh, to – take that extra step uh, to uh, be that wide receiver that, that we all know or hope that he can be. Uh, do you think that now that Ted Ginn Jr. is gone and Traquan Smith has more opportunities possibly to play on the outside, it can help him in the Saints offense? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think that – and he talked about that today. You know, he talked about learning the offense and learning outside and, you know, playing inside and outside. And um, – mm-hmm. That's going to be a big, big um, key for him. I, I think his biggest thing, and he's he's talked about it before in the past, is just um, just kind of learning the playbook. I think he struggled with that his first year. Um, I mean, he said it before in interviews. Um, you know, his first year. I think he's gradually coming along. And that third year is, you know, that's when you, you know, if, if you don't say it this year, then you have to start wondering, like, okay, right, right. But I mean, he's always shown us. You know, he'll have some some flash plays, and you're like, oh, okay, this is what right. you know. This is what we've been kind of saying. Sort of like. Sort of like the same thing with Marcus Davenport, I guess. I mean, right. you've definitely seen those those flashes of what he can become. And I think, you know, this year maybe this is a year for him. And, again, I know I keep going back to this offense and just all the weapons they have. And you just wonder, like, okay, is he going to get the ball? Because it's just there's not right. enough ball to go around to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So he, he can have yeah. a better year this year. Yeah. And the numbers may not show it. But, I mean, you know, it's just you just never know with this offense and, and all the weapons they have. 
Yeah, right. I mean, and one stat that kind of stands out, I mean, he's had five touchdowns in uh, both seasons. Uh, he's been with the Saints. I mean, even him, him missing all the time that he did. Uh, I, I said that I feel like him being on the outside is going to help. Uh, I think that when he was at Central Florida, he was right. a take the top off the defense type receiver. And I think when uh, the Saints uh, drafted him and they moved him to the inside, I mean, he was a fish out of water. I mean, you had to learn. You had to learn a different type of uh, skill set that you're not used to playing. And, you know, because Tegan Jr. was the guy that can take the top off the defense. I feel like when Emmanuel Sanders coming in, I mean, playing in the slide and probably doing most of his damage there, you move Traquan to the outside, I think we'll be able to see him more. And maybe, you know, he, he, he may not get you a thousand yards or anything like that, you know, but at the same time, I think we'll see more of an uptick in his stats because he's uh, playing at a more comfortable position. And, and I mean, he definitely has to stay healthy. Uh, yeah. he, he, talked about, he talked about today playing on the, when he's playing on the inside. I mean, you, it's just so different. He was talking about as far as just having to read defenses and just knowing a lot more. And I think on the outside, there's definitely a lot more freedom to just, yeah. just, you know, just play ball and not have to right. do as much thinking. So I think all that's going to, um, Ball really well for him in his third year. Yeah, and he also uh, left me with one of one of the best sayings I ever heard in my entire life. He said, "You can't join the club uh, by chilling off in the tub or something like that." He was talking about him being healthy. You know, yeah, what I, mean? healthy, I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Man, that's a pretty cool saying right there." You can't join the club if you're in the tub. So I mean, uh, it seems to me like he really is trying to uh, pay attention to preparation. I mean, he even talked about Michael Thomas and some of the things that Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, told him about, you know, taking care of your body, getting massages and stuff right. like that. Look, yeah. I mean, he can go to massage envy, you know, say if that go get you about two or three hundred more yards. All right. yeah. <laughs> Why that not? Was, yeah. that was a question I, I actually asked that question about Michael Thomas and just um, uh -huh. you know, you, you if you're around a guy like Michael Thomas and, and their lockers were. I think it was like one person between. No, I think Ted was actually between them. But right. I mean, if you're around a guy like that all the time, you you got to pick up something. And uh, right. That's why I asked the question. That's what he talked about. I mean, he said one of the first things Mike talked to him about was just how important it was to to take care of your body. So all that right. stuff that factors into uh, to your success. Yeah, man. we got to give a we got to give a massage envy a, a, a notice, man. Go ahead and uh, send uh, Traquan <laughs> some coupons, you know, so he can get that massage, so he can uh, get those a hundred yards every Sunday, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, final question: uh, We you talked about Marcus Davenport. Uh, Davenport is a guy that uh, he splashes when he's on the field, when he's when he's healthy, you know. But the situation over the last couple of years has been him uh, dealing with injuries. Uh, I noted that he gained. I noticed he gained twenty pounds. Uh, uh, he twenty pounds heavier than he was last season. And um, I'm hearing a lot of positive things coming out of training camp. But uh, could this be the year that uh, Marcus Davenport lives up to the expectations of being a first round pick? Yeah, I think so. I mean, but. I mean, you look at it. I think he had what six sacks last year, six and a half, something six. Yeah. Had four the year before that. So I mean, he's you know he's made improvements both of these years, and for him, it's just going to be a matter of staying on the field. I mean, I think it's that simple for him. And if he stays on the field, I mean, you got Cam on the opposite side. I mean, the opportunities will be there for him to you know to he may can even get to double digits in sack. Who knows? Right. He may can get to ten. I don't know, but uh, it's just going to be a matter of how healthy he is. And I think the extra strength and weight that he's put on is going to I mean, it can, it can only help him out because I don't think he's yeah. lost any of his athleticism or any of that stuff. So I think he'll be, he'll be fine. And you know, you look at that position. It's you know, you got him, Cam. I think Trey Hendrickson's, you know, he's he's solid. I right. think Cole Anderson is a guy who 
could have a great season as well. Yeah. I mean, he's also put, picked up some weight. And yeah. that's been one of the things that's really stood out to me about this training camp is how these guys have changed their bodies. I mean, you, you mm. talk about him, you talk about even Andrews Pete. I mean, he's lost weight. He went in the other direction as far as, I mean, he just slammed down and looks more, you know, athletic. And um, so, I mean, I think that says a lot about these guys that they've been willing to put in uh, the work in this offseason to, yeah. to make those changes. Because, I mean, this is, I think with COVID, you, you couldn't do a lot of football stuff. So right. it was the one thing that you could work on. And these guys, you know, made that commitment, which I think is commendable for these guys. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes to show you the type of character these guys have. You know, right. uh, you don't have to have the coaching staff watching your every move to make sure that you're doing all the right things. I mean, these guys want to get better. They're trying to find ways that they can get better that's within their control. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what Davenport can do and also Sheldon Rankins and the rest of the defensive line because, I mean, that five-week stretch and when Teddy Bridgewater was in the game, that was that was really impressive. That was a, a defense that we have been waiting for for years, and I feel like if they can replicate uh, what they uh, put on the field for those five weeks and they and they put that into a, I, I say, 19-game season because right. <laughs> I won't go to the Super Bowl. So right. if they can replicate that, you know, for 19 weeks, uh, I think they're – we're going to be hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. Uh, but, Ryder, uh, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. And and for those that are viewing and listening to this podcast, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at um, just Rod Walker Nola. Um, and I'm, I'm tweeting about Saints and Pelicans. And, you know, it's such a crazy time now. And I know this is a Saints podcast, but mm-hmm. you just so much going on in the world. We got right. You know, you got your thoughts and, and prayers to the, you know, the people over in, uh, you know, Lake Charles and in the Texas mm-hmm. area. The storm coming in. We got all the social justice going on. Uh, right. 166 days since Breonna Taylor's. Uh, right. was, yeah. So, I mean, just so much going on. And, um, you know, and I sort of tweet about all of it. So if, you, right. if you're a stick to sports kind of guy, you may not want to follow me. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree with you. You know, there's some things that's going on in this world. And uh, I, I think that you, you, you would have to be foolish uh, not to, uh, you know, say anything about it. You know, uh, where you say silence is complicit. Man, you can't be out here, uh, you know, not saying anything about it. I mean, if you can if you can say something that can, you know, change the way the person think using your platform in order to try to, you know, bring light to some of these issues, why not? You know, I mean. Like you said, this is a, a you know a sports podcast, but at the same time, we talk about these type of situations. I mean, when it when the, the situation happened with Drew Brees, we addressed that. Uh, you know, we talk about some of these things that are going on in this world because it's very important for people to understand. You know that uh, you know there are problems in this world that we have to address, and yeah. you know you can't hide under a rock. Uh, you can't act like those problems didn't happen, and you cannot just wish them away. Right. Uh, you got to uh, put some. A foot to your feet and also man make some things happen man not just right. listen to it but actually do something about it so right, right, right. these are some uncomfortable conversations for a lot of people so yeah. um you got to be willing to have them and if not we're going to be you know nothing's going to change so i mean i think yeah. i think that's very important for just people to understand that yeah i mean that that that's very important i mean, i feel like uh until we actually uh are comfortable enough to sit down and have uncomfortable conversations that is when we're really going to change the world, when people can think outside of themselves, when they can stop looking at themselves as being the, the most correct person in a room to be able to like kind of just disrobe themselves and allow themselves to open up to other people's opinions and viewpoints to, to really try to find a common ground, then 
you know, we're going to continue to have the same problems. But when we when we do decide to have uh, these type of conversations, the world will be a much better place. Uh, thank you very much, Ryan. I really do appreciate that. Thank you for your time, man. And uh, look forward to uh, reading some of your articles on the Saints and the Pelicans. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. All right.